back from where they've been. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn in 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. We um, want to listen to these words. I have quite a bit of Scripture today that I'll be using in this message, but uh, uh, this, uh, this is our text for the message. In First uh, Corinthians 4, and, and listen to these words now, let a man so account of us as of, as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment, yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before its time, or before the time, until the Lord come, who hath will both to light the hidden things of dark darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred in myself and to a to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Now you're full. Now ye are rich. Ye have, ye have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God ye, ye did reign that we also might reign with you. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for the time we have together today. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come out this morning and those that came back this afternoon. Pray, Lord, that you'll bless them. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Lord, I pray for those that are sick. I pray for Shelly, Lord. She's been sick, and pray for her. And, Lord, uh, I pray for this Wednesday when, when I have a consultation with, uh, with the eye doctor. And, Lord, I pray that uh, everything will be set in place as it should be, as you would have it to be. And, Lord, that everything will come out well as you would have it to be. Thank you for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. We... Um, I'm going to talk about stewardship. I I would like to preach this message when there's more folks here, but uh, the ones the Lord wants are here, and uh, and we're thankful for that. And so I'm not going to change my message. Uh, stewardship. You know, stewardship. Stewardship is not faithfulness. Uh, let me say it this way. Stewards is used at least five different times in the Old and New Testament. I'm going to give you the meaning of the word when, 
when Paul said we are stewards of the mysteries of God, maybe you'll we'll understand better what he's referring to. In the Old Testament, the word steward is used when speaking of one who has been hired to oversee a household. The wealthy in the Old Testament would hire a man to be the overseer of the house. It is also used as a worthy man who is worthy to be a steward. It is also used when referring to whoever is in charge. It is used of Jehovah as being the high steward who is the divine overseer of all creation. Stewardship is used in the New Testament uh, as uh, uh, three times, I'm sorry, used in the New Testament three times. One time as a as an unjust steward in the parable in Luke 16. Two times as the overseer. And our text in 1 Peter 4.10, it, uh, according to A.T. Roberts, stewards is called over the bridehood. Now, that's the meaning of the words. Now, there's a lot of different things. The main thing you see in the word steward is overseer. That's where it is. You know, you've got to be a trusted overseer. And that's what the, that's what the word steward means. That's what Paul means when he says that, and stewards of the mysteries of God, that they are trusted overseers of the mysteries of God. And just like a preacher today, you know, he has to be a trusted overseer of the truth of the word. And if he's not, then he's, uh, he's not to be trusted. It is used as one who oversees the bridehood of the Lord's church uh, or espousal as to the Lord. Just as a man is the overseer, the head of his household, the pastor is the earthly overseer of the Lord's church. Now, I want to apply it in another way, which is scriptural to do. All who are in the bride of Christ are faithful, trustworthy stewards of the Lord's church. Now, that means that, that you have to be a trustworthy person if you're going to oversee Lord's church. If you're, if you're going to be a deacon, if you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, if you're going to be a whatever it is you're going to be, you have to be a good steward over that position that you have. In other words, you got to be faithful. you got to come to church. you got to be faithful as... Especially if you're teaching children, you've got to teach children the right way, but you've got to live the right way before them. If you don't, if they see that you don't, then you're not a very good steward of whatever it is that you're trusted in doing. So it's, it's the same. It's, it's, it's that with everything. that make any difference what it is. You have to be a trusted steward uh, over the things of God. If you're a treasure, you've got to be a trusted steward over the treasure. If you're a bookkeeper, you got to be a trusty steward over the bookkeeping, and so on, etc. And also, if you're just someone who doesn't have a position in the church, you got to be a steward over your own money when you turn when you give to the Lord and 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 give of your tithes and offerings. You got to be a steward of those things there too. Now, when looking at the Old Testament use of stewards from the text used the trustworthiness of the Old Testament stewards to teach 
that all men were required to, to be trustworthy and faithful when it comes to the work of Jehovah God. Same thing I'm saying to you here. That's what is taught in the Old Testament. Taught in the Old Testament that you, every one of you, are responsible to be stewards over the house of God and make sure the house of God is run correctly. Make sure, make sure that everything is done correctly and everything is done according uh, to the word of God. That's being a good steward over the things of God. Now, um, in that sense, God has put every man as stewards over everything he has given them, which includes everything they have, they had, they have, or will ever have, even their own life here on the earth. You know, you're, you're steward over your own life here on the earth. You're, you're, you're the one that, you're the one that makes the decisions in your life that is not only, not, not only that you may think, well, they're good for you, but they've got to honor God. They've got to honor everything that God teaches in the Word of God, or you're not a good steward over your life. If you let yourself run free, you let yourself go free and you, and you get wild and, and don't uh, don't forget about who you are and forget about whose you are, then you're not a good steward over your life. You've got to be a good steward over your own life, which is which is understandable uh, in the scriptures. But man failed God and he had to he had to destroy him in the flood. You know, that's the reason God destroyed the man in the flood, because they were not good stewards over what God had given them. They had polluted the earth. They had polluted the things that God had given them. They had polluted, they had polluted their own lives and everything. And God says, I must destroy them. And he did. And you might say, well, what about now? He's going to do it again too. God's going to do it again. He's going to, he's going to destroy all of mankind because let me tell you folks, this world, whether you like it or not, I don't know. You know, some of these liberal Democrats are saying we've only got 11 more years, but they, they don't know what they're talking about. But, but at any rate, uh, uh, ever how long you've got, you've got to be a good steward over, uh, your own life and over the things of God, or God is going to come back and destroy. But the earth is not doing that. The earth is not good stewards over anything. The, the people, the people of the world, we were talking about it, at McDonald's the other morning, uh, uh, somebody was saying that they decided to get out and they, they saw a car going around that shortcut from, from Vide out to 290, uh, 292. And, uh, they said that they just started up there where the nursing home was and they walked that whole thing and they said they picked up two of those big bags of trash. And they said the reason they did that was is because they said they followed a car going around that way, and they said chicken boxes, wrappers, uh, Coke cups, and everything just kept coming out the windows, just throwing it out the windows. Well, uh, they said they decided to go over there and just see how much trash there is over there, and they couldn't believe the trash that's on that one little short section. And I saw the same thing between... Higston and Mount Vernon. I was going to Mount Vernon one day and I followed a car. They, they chicken, chicken legs went out that way. Chicken breasts went out that way. Paper went out this way. Uh, boxes went out that way. There's a carload of them. 
carload of them. And from, from here to Ailey, boxes were thrown all over the road. That's not a good steward of what the Lord gave us. The Lord said we're, we're to be good stewards of this. We're, we're to take care of this, the land that he's given us. If we don't, what's he going to do? He's going to destroy it. And that's what's going to happen. The Lord is, Lord is going to destroy it. Now, we are stewards over our conduct. Or as the King James Scriptures uses it, our conversation. You know, you, you're a steward over how you act and what you do, what you say, and, and how that you, how that you deal with people. You're a steward over that. In times past, we had our conduct in the world, as Paul says, but no one has to be taught as to how they con- conduct themselves before they were saved. You know, we, we know what kind of what kind of conduct we had. We know how we conducted our lives before we were saved. But after we're saved, that all changes. You know, we things that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. Why? Because we are to be good stewards over this life that we have. In Ephesians 2, 3, Paul says over there, in Ephesians 2, 3, I'll be reading some scripture in this. I usually don't use a lot of scripture, but, but I will be uh, today. Because of this passage, Ephesians 2, 3 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation, our conduct in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the, of the flesh and of the mind, and were by na- nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we, we weren't very good stewards of our lives. We weren't very good stewards of anything when we were, when we were living. I know I, I smoked. And uh, it wasn't nothing for me to put a cigarette out anywhere I was. You get done with gun with cigarettes, you throw it on the ground, and some people stomp them down, some people just throw them down. And we, we, we did those things, and, and, and we weren't very good stewards of what we had. After we are saved, we must be taught how to conduct ourselves. Ephesians 4, again, in the 17th verse. In Ephesians 4, the 17th verse says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, they alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all unclean with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ someone was telling me the other day that uh, a church brought some folks in to clean up the churchyard and uh, one of the members of the church was telling me that he went by there he knew that they'd brought some people in to they quite quite a big churchyard I think we brought some people in to clean up the churchyard and he said he was so surprised to look over there and see how they was dressed he said there was men running around there with their britches down around their legs over there picking up trash in the churchyard and he said it is just terrible what what he saw and, and how how the people were dressed when they came in there to clean up the churchyard you know, it's like Greg told me. He said, when these people come back from Kentucky, they need to wash them down. Because, because he said they'll have some of that Kentucky dirt on them. 
they need to get rid of it. But, but he, you know, he's cutting up. I don't know. It was funny to me. It may not be funny to you. But, but anyway, um, that's, uh, uh, that they're not very good stewards. They weren't very good stewards of the churchyard, and they certainly weren't very good stewards of themselves. So you see, God doesn't condone those, that kind of stuff. He doesn't condone those things. We're also stewards over our substance, what we have, what belongs to us. We're stewards over those things. No, you, you don't have anything belong to you. Everything you have belongs to God. I know I got an argument with a man over that right here one time years ago. You, 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 there's nothing you have belongs to you. If God, if God didn't want to give it to you, you wouldn't have had it. It doesn't belong to you. You'll say, well, I've got a nice house. It's my house. No, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. And the same way with you, if you got a pocket full of money, that doesn't belong to you. That belongs to God. And you have to be a good steward over that. And you have to, you have to conduct yourself with your own, uh, you be good stewards over your own substance. First of all, this doesn't mean that we have to be rich in order for this to be uh, implemented. Whatever state God has put us in, this is the state that he expects us to be content and we're to be good stewards of it. You might say, well, I don't have as much money as someone else. It don't matter if you got a dollar, you'd be a good steward over that dollar. That's just like uh, uh, that fellow I was telling you about that I witnessed to at, at McDonald's, that his name was Alan, uh, um, I don't forgot it now, but anyway, his name, first name was Alan, and he, uh, you know, I gave him two dollars to get him some to eat, and uh, I said, "Can you get enough to eat with two dollars?" He said, "Sure." He said, "I can," and I was, I was willing to give him more money, but he said, "No." He said, "I can get what I need to eat two dollars." That's good steward. That's a good steward over his money, you know. He didn't ask for more money. He didn't need more money. I, I've had them in the past want more money. They want more, and they want more, and they want more. You know, but he was he was a good steward over that $2. He came back with enough to eat for him to sit there and eat. He hadn't eaten, in, he said, in, in, in a day and a half. But he, he had $2. He bought him enough to eat. You know, and uh, a lot of people got to have a pocket full Trying, trying to live over one's head is not being a good steward of the substance God has given us. If you try to live over your head, you try to live over what you're living in, you're exactly what God would have you be. You'll say, well, I, I'm not very rich. Well, you're exactly what God would have you to be. You say, well, I've got plenty of money. We're ex- you're exactly what God would have you to be, or you wouldn't have it. The Bible plainly says the, the very jobs that we have, God gives them to us. The Bible plainly says the very money that we have, God gives it to us. The, the, the Bible says the things that we have in the world, God gives those things to us. And we're to be good stewards with those things. We're, we're, we're not to, we're, that's, I read this morning in, in the Sunday school about usury. You know, when he was talking about usury. You know what that means? That means that you take your money, you take a lot of money, and you try to improve it. You're not satisfied with what God has given you, but you try to improve it. You, 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 try, you try to make it more instead of using it for what God gave you to use it for. 
It's, it, a lot of people do that. A lot of people in the world today do that same thing. They give it out to usury to where that they they can advance it because they're not satisfied with what God has given them. They're not satisfied with it. Yes, God gives us everything we will ever have. It is sin to forsake God. Forsaking God is always a sin and try to get what we want to have according to our fleshly desires. You know, God, you know, if God wants you to have something new, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. I, I was, I was glad to hear what somebody told me about what Brother Sam said. I bought a new truck and Brother Sam said, well, it's about time he got something. Said, uh, you know, my old truck was 15 years old and the one I'm driving out there today is 12 years old. And, uh, he said, it's about time he got something. Well, you know, I've got to be careful how I use that truck. I've got to be careful how I do with that truck. You know, and, and Neil's not getting it. He thinks he's going to get it, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, anyway, it's, uh, uh, God, God gives it to us. God gives us that over which we are to be good stewards. Giving back to God. Now here's the key right here. Here, here's the key. Listen. Giving back to God is being a good steward. Did you know God will give you something, but he'll require some of it back? Not, not that he wants all of it back. He could ask for all of it back, but he only requires a part of it back. And, and that's what we, that's when we talk about tithes and offerings, that God requires us. Did you know the first tenth of everything you receive, not after they take taxes out, as I've heard in the past, but every, everything you receive of God is, is to be tithed on. Everything that you don't have is to be tithed on. You know, if, if, uh, if someone gives you a, a new pair of clothes, you should tithe on those new clothes. Now, you might say that's crazy, but it's not. If someone leaves you an inheritance, you should tithe on that inheritance. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, and then, well, over and above that, if God so lays it on your heart, you're to give an offering. You're to give an offering. Ever how God has prospered you, you're to give an offering. And that's what the Bible teaches. Now I want you to turn to some scripture here, and I want you to see, and I want you to listen to this now. There, there's one place in Leviticus I'm going to show you that you tithe on everything that first comes under the rod. Not, you don't wait till they take taxes out. You don't wait till you pay your bills. You tithe on what first comes in. Now I'm going to show you some of these things. All right, turn with me to uh, James one, if you would. James one. I'm, I've, I've, I've put these verses, these scripture together, so that uh, they can, so they can, so they'll go together in 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 harmony. James one and verse seventeen says says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no bearableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his cre- cre- creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, 
slow to speak and slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with thanksgiving or meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You know, you're, you're given the word of God. You might say, well, uh, uh, what does that mean? That means that today you're given the word of God. You've got to be stewards over that word of God that you've been given. You know, you don't just go out here and forget about it. That's why I made the statement a while ago. Ella, I hope and pray, when Ella gets older, I'll be gone, but I hope and pray that she'll never forget old brother Paul. Never forget old brother Paul preaching to her and, and loving on her and her singing to me. I hope, I hope she never forgets me. And, and, uh, and I mean that with all my heart. Now turn with me to Malachi 3. We all know what's in there. I read it this morning. I didn't read all of it, but I read some of it this morning. Malachi 3. That's the last last book of the New Testament, Old Testament, I mean. Last book of the Old Testament. Malachi 3, just before Matthew. Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Malachi 3 and verse 6 says... Malachi 3 and, I'm sorry, let me see. Yeah, 3 and verse 6 says, says, um, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. You might say, well, I can't give God anything this week. You do, he'll give it back to you next week. I promise you, I know it works. I know it works. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it. It works. You you give it to God today, he'll give it back to you next week. Some way or another, he'll give it back to you next week. That's what he says. He says, return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? It ties and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. And ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that they may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, therefore, saith the Lord of hosts. And I will not, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out of blessings, that there should not be room enough to receive it. Oh, I tell you, Lord, if, you, if, you, if you're a good steward of what the Lord gives you, man, I tell you, he'll pour out blessing that you won't realize. You, he'll pour out blessing. How many times, Rhonda will tell you, how many times when we get our bank statement that I tell Rhonda, I say, where does that extra money come from? Where, where does it come from? It's in there. It's in there. And, uh, and she wants to spend it. But, but anyway, it's in there. It is. You wonder where it came from. Where did it come from? You, you didn't, you didn't know you had that much. I, one time I went to the bank and I told them, I said, uh, I've got more in the bank than my books show. They looked at it and they said, you got exactly in there what you're supposed to have. 
I said, well, where did the money come from? They said, we don't check in and see where money comes from. He said, she said, we just do books like you do. Well, let me tell you, folks, I know it's true. I know it works. I know it does. I know it works. I know, I know that God will return unto you what you return to him. He'll return it back unto you. And he'll do it. He'll do it in a way that you won't, you will not know why he did it and how he did it. But he will. He'll do it in a way. Uh, also in uh, Leviticus, here's the one I want you all to turn to for sure. Leviticus. This is, this will clear up something that will, that has, maybe, maybe you, maybe you listened to other people before you looked at the Bible, which is what a lot of people do. Leviticus, the 27th chapter. Leviticus, the 27th chapter. Read, read, hear what Jehovah God says about some of these things. Leviticus, the 27th chapter, and beginning in verse 30. We're only going to read 4, uh, 30, 31, 32, 33, and 34. Leviticus 27 and verse 30 says, and all the tithes, now listen to this. I want you to listen to this because if you've been told different than this, somebody's lied to you. And, 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 and you, you, you know, people lie to you, they'll make you twofold more the children of hell than yourself. He says, and all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his, of his tithes, he shall add thereunto the fifth part thereof. In other words, if you use your tithes for something else, it's 20% interest. When you give your tithes the next time, you've got to give 20% interest over what you just took in. That's what that's talking about. Exactly what that's talking about. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even if whatsoever passeth under the rod, whatsoever passeth under the rod, whatever comes your way, and you, di- you, didn't, you didn't have it, but you got it now, you're to tithe on it. You don't wait until they take income tax out. You don't wait until you buy your groceries. You don't wait until you do this. I've heard this taught right here in this church. And that's not right. That's wrong. That's wrong. Whatever comes under the rod... You're tithe on it. If you're given something that you did you didn't have, and you're given it, and you got it now, God gave it to you. You're to tithe on it. You'll say, "Well, what if somebody gives me an iron? Well, if the iron costs twenty-six dollars, you give them tithe on it, whatever that might be. Whatever it is, whatever comes under the rod, whatever people give to you, you're to tithe on it. That's what he means when he says, "When the Lord prospers you." He says, and look what he says here in the 33rd verse. He shall not search whether it be good or bad. You don't, you don't look at it and see, is, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? You give a tenth of it back to the Lord. You're not to search it. Neither shall he change it. Ooh, this is what people do. They'll, they'll take it. They'll say, well, I made a hundred dollars this week. Well, I'm going to wait. They took tax out of it. Now, now it's $95. And then you're going to wait and see, well, is somebody else going to get a tank of gas or something? Then I'll tithe on it. That's what he's talking about here. You don't do that. 
You don't do that. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. I don't care who taught you these things. They told you wrong. Because I've heard this taught right here, right here in this, right here in, in this sanctuary. I've heard it taught. That you wait till you pay your bills or that you wait until you, uh, do your, whatever your, whatever your, uh, uh, whatever it is you have to do, you wait to do that and then you tithe on what's left. Now I asked a question that, then when that was taught in here. I said, well, what if you don't have anything left? Then you don't have to tithe. That was, that was the answer. Then you don't have to tithe. No, you tithe on everything that comes under the rod. That's what that means. That's what that's saying. You don't, you don't change it. You don't say that uh, we'll wait. Well, for instance, I'll give you this example. Let's say that you're thrashing wheat and the first ten bags of wheat is the best wheat. And then when you get ready to tithe on those ten bags, you don't, you don't use those ten bags. You put them aside because they were the best wheat and, and you take these, maybe the last ten bags, which was the worst wheat, and you tithe on it. Mm-mm. He said you don't change it. He says whatever first comes under the rod, those first ten bags, you tithe on them. You don't, you don't change them around. These, these are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. That's all in the Ten Commandments. All within the Ten Commandments. You know, that you don't change anything that God does. God doesn't change, so you're not allowed to change. You're not allowed to change. You're not allowed to come up with your own solution so so it benefits you. You're not allowed to do that. You give back to God a tenth of what he has given to you. Whatever it might be, you give God a tenth of it. So, you know, if you've been taught any different than that, you've been taught a lie. Because that's not what the Bible teaches about tithing in that. You've been taught a lie. And then, uh, lastly, we're stewards over the Lord's church. You know, every one of us is accountable to what we do in the Lord's church. As, as God called men, I mean, as God's, I'm sorry, as God's called men, we are responsible and accountable to God as ministers and as to the mysteries of God. You know, I can't change the Word of God just because it may benefit you or it may benefit me. I have to teach it just exactly the way it is. I have to teach like right now. I have to teach it the way it is. I can't. People would love, you would love for me to get up here and say, well, if you've got any money left over, then you can give a little bit to God. You'd love that. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Not what the Word of God teaches. You know, you, you give the first tenth. In other words, if you make a thousand dollars, you give that first hundred dollars. Before you do anything else, you give that hundred dollars to the Lord. That's your tithe. And then if the Lord has prospered you more than you, you, more than you feel like you probably should have gotten, you give an offering. On top of that, that's, that's an offering as such. So we're responsible to the, as far as the mysteries of God is concerned. We, we, uh, uh, we read that in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 1. We are required to be faithful in those duties, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. However, in this modern day, pastors are expected to entangle himself 
into the affairs of the world. People expect that. They expect him to entangle himself into the affairs of the world. But he's not supposed to do that. He's not supposed to do that. That's not being a good steward of the word. You don't entangle yourself in the world. I know a preacher's out there that's running for office. Uh, they begged and pleaded with me for the last 20 years to be on the city council of Ida. As a matter of fact, they, they brought it up again this year that my ward was seeking a, a new uh, councilman, and they wanted me to run for it. I said, I can't do it. I said, I can't give to that, and I can't take away from God's work and give to that. I can't do it. And so that's uh, that's what it means here when it's talking about being good stewards. Uh, you know, we're expected to, to, to be leaders in the world. We're expected to be this and that. When no, no word in the Bible does it say that. He soon finds, finds himself, if you do that, you soon find yourself in a no-win situation. And as a result of having to get entangled into the affairs of the world, he is soon judged in diverse ways by many different human beings. That's right. That's right. I've told people enough, you know, we, we have, when, when everybody comes here, we have approximately 50-some people. I tell them that's enough people. That's enough people to judge what this pastor does. Matter of fact, I read scripture to you said you don't judge them, but they, people do. That's enough, you know. That's enough. I, I don't need to go to city council and have have a, a half of a city of Idea judging me. It's just like the mayor said to me the other day. People own him because he has a he has a city car and he drives it home. They're on him like everything. I've had people call me about it. They know I drink coffee with him every morning. They call me and they want to know, you know, why, why is he doing these things? And I said the city gave him the car and they told him to use it to drive and he drives it. But it don't satisfy a lot of people. You know, that's the same way with being a pastor. How many of you read those statistics on a pastor on Facebook? Did any of you read that? About the statistics of a pastor? You won't, probably won't admit it if you did. But, you know, they said 97% of pastors today, uh, I'm sorry, let me go back. 47% of pastors today don't have a friend. Don't have a friend. Y'all read that? Any of you read that? You read it, Becky? Becky read it. It was 97% of them. I know when Becky read it, she thought about her daddy. It was 97% of them uh, something. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember all of it. I, I went back and tried to find. Suicide. Huh? Yeah, commit suicide. Yeah. No, not not commit suicide. That's, that's only about 35%. There was, there's one of them on our 97% of pastors do something. Does Becky remember what it is? Okay. But they read it down through there, and, and that's, that's true. That is true. It said 10% of pastors are good looking. And I said, well, that's me. <laughs> no, it didn't say that. <laughs> Just cutting up. But anyway. What are pastors, what's the responsibility of pastors? He's got his critics. He'll always have them. 
The Apostle Paul was being accused by the Corinthian church. We read it to you, 1 Corinthians 4. I read it to you. The Apostle Paul was being accused of not even being a minister of the Lord. The church there was accusing him, not said, you're not an apostle. You're not a minister of the Lord. And Paul had to defend himself from that. And, and believe me, folks, if you pastor as, as the modern world expects you to, you too will be accused of not being a preacher. Because I have been. He thinks he's a preacher. I've heard that so many times. You will have absolutely no authority as a pastor. As set members of the Lord's church and members of the bridehood, each is to be good stewards of the things of the church. 1 Corinthians 4, 6-8, through 8, we read it. I trust each of you will study the rest of this chapter in 1 Corinthians 4 uh, on your own, for you will find some very interesting things written concerning stewardship. What is what 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 we are responsible for? All right, let's uh, let's uh, go into our business meeting.